Have a good time at summer camp. Enjoyed yourself. Guys, you enjoyed the team competitions, and the Black Light Dance Party, and the photo booth, and the speakers, and the worship team. What about the bass player, though, at camp? Nothing. Nothing. Come on now, give it up for the bass player at summer camp. Wasn't he awesome? And not Brayden. I'm not talking about Brayden. <laughs> but Brayden did a good job. He, he, he stepped up and he played some keyboards. He tried. He did a good job. No, he did a really good job. And uh, we sent him to Florida because he did such a good job this, this week. He said, you, you need to go to Florida. Get away from us for a week. No, he did a good job. And uh, that's awesome about our praise and worship team that we can flow, whether we got to change singers or instruments or whatever, and we just flow. So it's good. Only not. Not much response. Luke 8, I realized that the message title, we're going to read this in a second, but it all has to do with recovering from a Holy Ghost hangover. So I realized that that's why there's probably not a lot of response yet. Because you're still recovering spirit, soul, and body from summer camp. I understand that. And that's why we're going to talk about this tonight. So, Luke 8 and verse 11. It's a red letter. That means Jesus said. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Verse 12. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, hear the word. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13. But these are the ones... On the, who are sown on the rock, those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but they have no root, who believe for a while, in the time of temptation, they fall away. Verse 14, And there are ones that fell among the thorns, and those who they heard, they went out and choked it with the cares of life, riches and pleasures of life, and they brought no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, But the, there are ones that fell on the good ground, if I say I'm good ground, those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, kept it and bear fruit with patience. Now let's look down at verse 18. Luke 8, 18. Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has, the one will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. Can I get amen in the house of God? Like I said, I've I preached this message before, so this is nothing but it's good to remind you. How I many know faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the Word of God? In the time that you come to a service and say, I've already heard that, you really need to hear it again because you, because you're in trouble. Because faith, and a faith person says, I want to hear it again because as soon as you stop hearing it, you're going to start backsliding into the way you used to be before you heard the Word of God in your life. So we always need to hear messages about faith. We always need to hear messages about healing. We always need to hear these kind of messages because it keeps our faith strong. But it only comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That was free. Uh, so if, if you're taking notes, you can title it a lot of things. Uh, I, I called this a couple years ago, Now What? Question mark. Uh, but you could call it Recovering from a Holy Ghost Hangover if you wanted to. Uh call it after camp rehab. I don't care what you call it. You could call it any of those or, or just make up a title. Uh, but pretty much tonight we're going to talk about now what do I do after I got back from camp and I'm on fire for God and I'm passionate and I'm going to rebuke all my worldly friends uh, because that's what we do when we get back from 
one day I will let you listen to that CD for the Corey service. Lay aside the weight, youth rally, 16 years old, okay? Now, this has nothing to do with my message right here, but it's, it's a good story. So I have uh, braces, which is awesome, and uh, I got an awesome list going on uh, with everything I say. Uh, my voice is still changing, so it's very high-pitched, and it's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. I sound country, very high-pitched, with a very strong lift. And <laughs> at the same time, I'm trying to pull Jim Carrey comedy uh, during the service. You can tell what time period we're in. A lot of you don't even know who Jim Carrey is in here, because it's, it's been a long time. But uh, 2004, so one of these days, I'm going to re- re- uh, replay that message so you can hear it. But in that message, I just got back from camp, and the whole time, I'm talking about how, like, I'm so on fire for God, and, like, this is a typical youth rally. I'm young, I'm passionate, maybe not so much wisdom, don't know what to do with that passion. I'm talking about, like, I went back to school and rebuked all my friends. Everybody's like, amen, you're awesome. And I say on this one thing, and I can't believe I said it at 16 years old. I don't know how much cockiness I had when I was 16 years old. You remember that, Hawks. But I said, I said, yeah, I went to school, and I told my friends off, and they said, yeah, you're not cool. And I said, actually, dude, I am cool. You're the, you're the ones who are not cool. I said that on the youth rally thing. I was like, I cannot believe I, I had that much cockiness and pridefulness to pull that at a youth rally. So we're going to give you some passion, but wisdom. Okay, wisdom, wisdom. You need instruction. It's, it's good to get fired up and passionate about the things of God, but you need to be wise with them. And a lot of people come out of camp and they're excited, they're passionate, but they don't know where to, to aim that passion at. And they end up shooting somebody that should be helping. Hello, somebody. So, um, let's look back over at Proverbs 4. You don't forget anything so far. <laughs> Tonight's going to be kind of a different night because we're just kind of talking some real talk, talking some, some real practical. 
types of soil, but there's one type of seed. Now, the four types of soil are the four types of people's hearts. So when it's talking about the soil or the different types of soil, it's talking about your heart. And realize God's responsibility is the seed or the Word of God, but your responsibility is your heart or the soil. And it's not His responsibility to guard or keep your heart. It's your responsibility. Now, He, he provides the seed that goes to your heart. He provided that atmosphere that you received last week at camp. But it's up to you to do something what He planted in your heart. You all still hear it. And we see that God has sown some things into your heart this past week. And you need to guard and keep what He has given to you. Now, Luke 8 and 11 says... Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. In verse 12, those by the wayside, that's a type of soil, are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Notice that it says, the devil comes to take away the word out of your heart. Now, we understand this, that the reason God says to guard it or keep your heart is that there's enemies coming to take away what he bestowed into your heart. And that's not for us to be fearful, but it's so we, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We don't need to be scared of the devil, but we don't need to be ignorant of what God wants to do in our lives. We don't need to be ignorant of the, the advantage that Satan will try to take after God has thrown all these things into your life. The enemy's going to come immediately to steal the Word of God. And so, in other translations and other passages where it, it explains this in Mark, it says, Satan comes immediately to steal the Word of God. Meaning, the week after you get back from camp, he's coming immediately to steal the Word of God in your life. Immediately. He's not waiting. Why? Because if he waits, the Word of God will take root in your heart and start growing up and bearing fruit in your life. That's why if you got some text messages this past week from people that haven't talked to you in a while, you're just like, why is this person messing with me again after summer camp? Satan comes immediately to steal the word. If there's family members that haven't talked to you in a long time and they bring drama into your life and they contact you the week after camp, it's for a reason. Because Satan comes immediately to steal the word of God. So we, not, we don't need to be ignorant of Satan's devices because he comes immediately to steal the word. Notice already a lot of you in here have already faced pressure or situations or people contacting you and, and texting you or calling you or emailing you or whatever it is. And notice that they're not Satan. Don't call them that. <laughs> but they're being used by the enemy, whether they know it or not, to steal the word of God out of you. So we see that the Word of God was sown into your heart at camp. God has sown so much in there, but it's your job to guard or keep your heart. Now let's look at 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy, actually 1 Timothy 6.
Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Notice that. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to his spiritual son, son Timothy. He says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Guard what was committed to your trust. Notice in the message it says it like this. O my dear Timothy, guard the treasure you have been given. Guard the treasure you have been given. you got to understand at camp, God has placed treasure on the inside of you. That's why He wants you to guard it. And it's your choice whether you guard it or not. How many know treasure is valuable? Are we here tonight? Treasure is valuable. Treasure means something. You don't guard something that's not worth anything. Did I tell my story about my green sunglasses? I used to have a pair of green sunglasses that I could not get rid of, even if I tried to. I did not care about those sunglasses. I would leave them places, and they'd show up back in my truck. I don't know how it happened. Notice, I didn't guard that because it wasn't valuable to me. And God says what He's committed to you, what He's given you at camp, what He's sown into your heart is treasure, and you need to guard it. You need to keep it. Why? Because you guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. One translation says it sets the course of your life. You need to guard what God has committed to you. What do you think is valuable and precious in your life? Because you'll guard it and you'll protect it if it's precious. What means a lot to you? I know a lot of you, your cell phone. You guard it. You protect it. You watch over your cell phone. Awful quiet in this Methodist church tonight. There's other things that you guys guard and protect. Why? Because it's valuable to you. You know, God's Word and what He's put into your life at summer camp is so much more valuable than anything we ever protected and guarded with our life, even in the natural. I love that the message says, Oh my dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given. Guard the treasure you were given. So number one, after camp, we got passion, we got excitement, which is awesome. We got some godly momentum. What are you going to do with it? You need to guard it. You need to guard your heart, protect your heart, for out of it will flow the issues of life. And I'm not saying this to put you in fear, but you need to be sober. There's been many a person who's got prophecies at camp and are doing nothing with their life today. There's many people that have led worship at camp and are doing nothing with their life today. So you need to be sober about what God does in your life because if you don't guard it, it's not going to automatically happen just because you went to camp. Just because you showed up at Corey doesn't mean it's going to happen automatically. You need to guard and protect what God has put on the inside of you. So number one, guard your heart. Number two, let's look at Luke 8 and verse
Lord, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to one will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. So number one, guard your heart. Number two, use it. Okay, it's awesome. You got an awesome hope notebook. It's, it's so cool looking. Show your friends your recyclable hope notebook and all your notes and your pens and your bumper sticker. You got all this hope gear. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You know, there's people that have come to this church for 15, 20 years. They have notebooks. Notebooks and notebooks. Closets of notebooks, but they don't do any of it. Now, I encourage you to take notes, but there's no point if you're not going to do anything with the notes you just took. I'd rather you just listen to me if you're going to do what, do what the Word of God says, not what I say, but what the Word of God says, and you just listen. It's awesome that you took notes. It's awesome that you said, Well, I'm going to be in ministry because I went to summer camp. It's awesome. Use it, do something with it. And this passage says this. It's talking about the Word of God. It says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it on the bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. Let me explain this to you. It says in Proverbs that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's talking about your spirit or your heart. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Meaning, at summer camp, in times when you encounter God supernaturally, what happens? He lights your lamp. That's what happened at camp. Whether it was going dim or not, He lit your lamp. So you got lit, but you need to do something with the with the light that you have now. And notice what He says: Don't go put it under a, a bed. Don't go put it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Don't go hide the light because. It's not for under your bed. It's not to be hidden. You've got to do something with the light that you've got. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. That's what this passage is talking about. If you don't use the Word of God in your life, you will lose it. Even if at one time in your life you used it a lot, if you stop using it, you'll lose what you have. That's sobering because you can stop any day you want to using the Word of God, and you will be surprised where you revert back to. <laughs> I've heard of ministers been in the ministry 20, 30, 40 years and stopped putting the Word of God in their life. They stopped confessing the right things, and it's amazing how far they can revert back to the person they used to be. So we need to use the Word of God. So guess what? We all got lit at camp. More ways than one. We got lit at camp. Come on, Jesus, light my fire. He lit it at camp. It happened. He lit your lamp. What are you going to do with it now? Don't put something over it that's going to make the light go out. There's a reason you have a light. You're a light for a reason, so people can see the way to God. You got lit for a reason. It's not just for. I love this this next part. It says in verse 18, Therefore take heed how you hear, whoever who has more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. 
intelligent being, and he gave you more of stuff that you're going to just sit on your blessed assurance and not do anything with it. No, he gave you something for a reason to use it. And it says in this passage, if you use what God has given you, he will give you more. But if you don't use what God has given you, he'll take away what you already have. I realize you're still recovering. You're still recovering tonight. I, I can hear it in your lack of response. It's okay. You're recovering. Spirit, soul, and body. You're going to make it. You're going you to get on the other side of this. But understand, if you use what God has given you at camp, he will keep giving you more. And there's no end to the moreness of God. If you say, well, I'm going to keep using it, he'll keep giving you more and more and more and more. And the rest of your life, he'll keep giving you more when people around you are getting less because they're not using what God has given them. So you've got to do something with the word that you receive at camp. It's awesome that you have it in your notebook, but use it. So we see number two here, you need to use it or you'll lose it. You know, it talks about in this passage that you need to keep the word or guard the word. You know, a lot of people, though, come out of camp, well, I'm keeping the word. If you're not doing the word, you're not keeping the word. of us are prone to hear something and just because we heard it we thought we're doing it and we're not. Myself included. I've heard awesome messages. I've shouted. I've jumped. I've taken notes. I've high-fived the preacher and not done anything with it the next day. Why? Because just hearing it doesn't mean you're doing it and that's the trick of the enemy. So realize if, if we want to keep the word or guard the word the only word we Practically, why don't you look through your notebook of notes or, or remember what you wrote down at camp? And get real practical about that. And maybe just start with one thing. Don't try to do everything in the same thing. Say, God, how can I apply this to my life? This right here. This scripture right here. This message right here. How can I apply this to my life? And just start with one thing. Real practical. Instead of just looking at your camp notes and being overwhelmed with all the messages spoke to you about. Start with one thing. Start with Pastor Keith's message or Pastor Allen's message. Start with something to say, God, practically, how can I apply this to my life? Because if we don't use it, we'll lose it. Y'all still here tonight. So we need to guard it. We need to use it. Number three, we need to give it away. Matthew 10. sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast 
sooner you figure that out, the better your life will be because that is the way of the kingdom of God. He never just gives you something just to you. Now, He loves you, and He gave it to you for a reason, but it's bigger than you. God blesses you to be a blessing. That's what He said to Abraham. Abraham, one of the, the major people in the entire Bible, Abraham, God said, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. There's a reason I'm blessing you, Abraham. And yes, I do love you, and it is about you, but it's not about you at the same time. It's about who you're going to affect in your future. And God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. The reason God gave you something at camp is so you can give it to others. The reason God blessed you at camp is so you can bless others. Not just for yourself, not just so you can use it, you can guard it, you can keep it, you can you can grow up. No, that you can bless and give to others. That's the reason God gave it. And notice it says, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received. God didn't charge you anything. You need to give it to others freely. To those who have received a lot, they're required of much. And you received a lot of can. A lot of you received specific words over your life. A lot of you received specific messages over your life. A lot of you, compared to other young adults and youth your age, you are far superior than they are
generous soul will be made rich. And a lot of times we read this just for money, but it's bigger than that. It's about giving in general. It says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself.
blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. Isn't that a good word? Those who help others are helped. You say, well, I need more help in my life. Why don't you help somebody else first? I need blessing in my life more. Why don't you bless somebody else first? Why don't you help somebody else? I feel guilty and condemned of what I used to be, but a godly remembrance on where God has brought you from. <laughs> the Bible does talk about that. That I used to be here, and, and it says in Ephesians, you were without God, you're without hope. That's where you used to be before you met Jesus. But now you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And now you have hope because you have God in this world. But you need to have a godly remembrance of where you used to be. How I many know that will help you be compassionate to people that are still lost? When you have a godly remembrance of I used to be that person, I used to have no hope, I used to be in this planet without God, and that's a scary place to be. If you think this life is just up to you, that is a scary place to be. Sometimes you've got to remember not to condemn yourself, not to be guilty, but a godly remembrance of where you used to be. So you can be thankful. Not just thankful so you can be compassionate to people who don't know God yet. Because you used to be there. (laughs) And you can be thankful every day because you realize what God has done in your life and where God has brought you from. (laughs) And keep that in your life in a ways to be thankful. And realize, just because you're Paul now, you used to be Saul. (laughs) And you need to remember to that. You used to be Saul. But now you're Paul. And you need to remember where you used to be so you can be thankful of the place you are now that you are full of hope because you have God in this world. Let's go at 1 Timothy. 1 